How are we doing this weekend? Faith promise. Who's fired up to be in the house of God this weekend? Come on, give Jesus a big praise. Welcome, welcome to all of our campuses. We love you guys so much. Thrilled that you're with us, Michelle and I again. What an incredible privilege we get to be a part of what God is doing here. Uh, if you have not come back yet, you're still online. You hadn't come in person. We can't wait to see you. Those that have been impacted by COVID or those who've lost their jobs, we're so sorry. But if you've lost your job and you're struggling, let us know. We're your spiritual family, how we can help you walk alongside you. Uh, understand, man, I am really concerned about those who we haven't seen. It's been like five months. Uh, the shepherd, the scripture says, is supposed to care uh, for the people. Jesus, the good shepherd, laid down his life for the sheep. And I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the current culture. I'm concerned what it's doing to the kingdom, what it's doing to us. The reason I want to do this series called Wake Up is because Many saints don't even realize they're in the middle of a war zone. And so we don't armor up, we don't word up, we don't prepare up, and we get devastated by this culture. And I think that's what the apostle was talking to uh, the church in Corinth when he wrote his second letter back to him in verse 3 in chapter 11. He said this, But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray for the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. And that's what this current culture is trying to do. So this weekend, I want us to really think, man, I want, to, I want us to, to, to really take a check up from the neck up. And which lens do you look through? Do you look through heaven's lens or the world or hell's lens? Because the lens through which you look can color and enhance or distort and deceive your view of everything, of God, of the kingdom, of the church, of your family, of your kids, of everything in your life. And so it's so important that we look through the right lens. All right, I'm done. Does Let's that... go. Let's go. Let's we, go. We're Let's not go. supposed Let's to go, go till the end. I'm done here. And I we're got supposed to wait. We're supposed to wait. I think he said he's preaching right now or something like that. Uh, they blow out? Uh, yeah, blew out. It blew out again. All right. It blew out again. Hello, Pastor. Have you, Micah, Micah, we, we have other stuff we have to do out here. We have to say stuff now? Yeah, you know how, how well, confused, I'm not how confused he gets, Pastor. Well, we, we just want to come out here, and uh, one of us wanted to tell you how much we love you and how grateful we are. Are we grateful for our pastor? Pay promise. I want to say lot. how grateful we were for you and how, how we're just so honored and how you serve the Lord and you serve us and then um, and really whatever else Michael wanted to say. I'm shocked you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know he's 60 years old and he still gets to his house by himself. So <laughs> There you go. That's not bad. Victory. It's not bad. It's not, it's bad. not bad. And so, so uh, we, we want to tell you all together that we, we admire you and we're grateful and Really, I think what we agreed backstage is, you know, to another 60 years. Six days, I was I, I wore black just in case he croaked today. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's not true. You are going strong. Going strong. That's right. Well, you're going. Tell him. Yeah, he's going. Yeah. He's going, nonetheless. Well, we love him, and we're going to show, I'm going to self-narrate an amazing video of weird pictures we have of him, so check this out. There he is. There he is. 
All right. Not great, but... his hair. Oh! <laughs> the good stuff here. There it is! <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow. That's... Yeah, okay. Those are before Jesus. <laughs> there it is. It's getting better. Look at that mustache. Oh, Van. Okay, yeah, Van. interesting choice. He hasn't read one of those books. All right, come on. There, we're getting better now. Look at that mustache. What a... Cargo shorts. Interesting. Community college. The sweet tie. The sweet tie. <laughs> sweet tie. Wow. Oh, Tommy Bahama. <laughs> Look at that. that what a family. Look at that bucket hitch. <laughs> there we go. Oh, it's his favorite daughter. His favorite daughter. <laughs> okay. All right, there's no reason for that. Do we love our pastor? Happy birthday. All right, church, help us out. Let's sing happy birthday. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Pastor. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Right up see, I have two things to say about number one, that was way too much of my preaching time. <laughs> and number two, Michelle gets better looking every year. Come on, man. So Micah says she's she's aging like fine wine and I'm aging like milk, but <laughs> Micah's not going to heaven, so I don't know, but all right, let's get back to the word. Come on. Now, if you've ever looked through binoculars, it takes what's far away or a telescope and brings it close. But if you've ever flipped them and looked, them through the, looked at through the wrong end, what's close now goes far away. And that's how a lot of us who are going to heaven view heaven. It's so far away that we really don't think about it because after all, I'm living here and now and heaven is way out there. So I'm so concerned about today, not really heaven. Is that fair? So would you agree that very few saints actually live with heaven on the horizon? Would y'all agree with that? Okay. Now, so that means our focus is not eternal. It's, it's right here. And then you take the culture that is shifting at the most rapid rate, I believe, in the history of the world. Because, you know, a, a couple centuries ago, something had happened around the world, a war, you'd never even know about it. Now... 15 seconds after it happens anywhere on the planet, you know it, it's on social media, it's broadcast all the way around the world. So because of that, our, we're living in a culture that's shifting so rapidly. Are you with me? Now, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to get this. So if you're in the Bible reading plan, uh, in the Old Testament, we're in 2 Chronicles. So we read 1st, 2nd Samuel, 1st, 2nd Kings, 1st, 2nd Chronicles. And, and it, will, it will talk about the kings of Israel or the kings of Judah or Jerusalem because Israel split as a nation and there were two. There was Jerusalem or Judea 
and then there was Israel. There was the northern and southern kingdom. And it would say this, such and such a king was good in the eyes of the Lord, or such and such a king was evil in the eyes of the Lord. Does that make sense? Over almost a hundred times that phrase is used, in the eyes of the Lord. I would, I would give you a thought this weekend that God's vision is the only vision that matters. Are you with me? Because the world looks when God says something is wrong, they say it's right. There'll be a day when they'll call good evil and evil good. We're living in that day. And so whose eyes do you see through right in the eyes of the Lord? Because those evil kings, they thought they were okay. But they were evil in the sight or the eyes of the Lord. The right eyes determine your destiny and your victory. The wrong eyes determine your demise and your defeat. So whose eyes do you look? Now, before there was a garden of Eden, before there were, was an Adam and Eve, there already had been a rebellion in heaven. So there was this thorn heavenly, two abject opposing views, heavens and hells. So you've got to determine from which one. Now, if you go back to the prophet Ezekiel, Ezekiel writes about Lucifer, which was the chief worship leader in heaven before mankind, before Adam and Eve, and he rebelled because of his P-R-I-D-E. In, in chapter 28 of Ezekiel, it said, you had the seal of perfection for full wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. You list all those. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed cherub who covers, and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. Isaiah writing of the same serpent, the devil, Lucifer, how you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to earth. You have weakened the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Nevertheless, you will be thrust down a shield to the recesses of the pit. Now there's a war that goes on, has been going on since before mankind between God and the devil. And we remind Satan of God because we are created in the image of God. And since Satan hates God, Satan wants to destroy and hurt us. Does that make sense? That's sort of the foundation of the, of the war. And in the midst of that, God sends the church of Ephesians and us, 20 centuries later, says, wake up, wake up, church. Ephesians 5.14, wake up, O sleeper, and the light of Christ will rise or dawn on you. We have to recognize, saints, we have to wake up to this anti-Christ culture that we live in that creates the cult of culture that tries to press us into something that God does not want for us. Now, the word cult is the root word of the word culture that was Latin and then became later a French word. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. And, and we all, cult is not a good word, is it? Cult's a horrible word. Those of you that remember uh, Guyana, that remember Jim Jones, 
If you've ever heard the phrase, they drank the Kool-Aid, it came from that when over a thousand followers of Jim Jones drank cyanide Kool-Aid and all killed themselves. If you're a little younger, you may remember David Crest in the, in the Davidic branch uh, there in the Wacos of Waco, if you remember that. And so those cult leaders tricked people in and then killed them. At the end, the last day, the, the automatic fire stopped in and pow, 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 pow. And the people were asking, who were they shooting at? And one of the FBI's agents said, they're not shooting anybody, they're killing themselves in the compound, killing themselves. These, these horrible, deceived leaders lied to people and took them to a horrible death. And can I tell you, the parents of those people that were in Jim Jones and David Crush and other cults would do anything to get their families out of that? Are you with me? Nobody wants their family in a part of a cult, and yet we are all a part of this cult of culture. And it's our job to rescue people, it says in that same passage in Ephesians 5, to expose the works of the enemy. This constant pressure of the culture to, to destroy everything that God made. God made something incredible, it's called a family. It's wonderful. It's an incredible place to grow. Family is a garden where we grow people. But today, the definition of family that has stood throughout all of history is now no longer what a family means. If the foundations are destroyed, what are the righteous to do? There'll be a day when they call good evil, evil good, and that's where we are. And so the enemy uses this cult of culture to get you, listen, if you're listening, say I am, to get you to seek the world and not the word. To get your focus off heaven and here. And that's why Paul says in Romans 12, one and two, I'm begging you, brothers and sisters, I'm begging you, brethren, because of the mercies of God that you would present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service of worship. And do not be conformed or depressed into the mold of the cult of this culture, this wicked world, this evil eon. Do not be, do not be conformed, pressed in the cult of culture, but, re, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. So we're warned. We're, we're given wake-up calls all through the word by God. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Anybody with me? Come on, anybody with me? So... Who's all in? in. Who's all all in? So Abraham is taking a journey with his father. And as they travel on, they come to a place where Abraham's brother Haran dies. And Abraham's dad, the Bible says, settled. He named, he renamed that place to Haran, the name of his son that died. And he settles there. He doesn't go for God's best. He settles. And this cult of culture is always trying to get us to settle for less than God's best. Does that make sense? And so Abraham, I love Hebrews 11, it's the hall of fame of faith. In verse eight says, and by faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed. We need a little bit more calling and obeying in the house of God, don't we? When he was called, he obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out, look, not knowing where he was going. Most of us are not signing up for that. Come on, I gotta know my package. 
I've got to know my retirement plan. I've got to know what the benefits are. I've got to know the directions. I've got to know how far it is, when I'll get there, how long I'll stay there, what kind of house, what kind of car. I've got to know all this. And if I don't know this, I'm not going anywhere. It's the reason the American church is so afraid because we have lost faith. Does this make sense? If you'd have told me in January that 70% of people would quit going to church because of a virus, I'd have said, that's it, you're, you're smoking crack. I would have. And if you'd have told me that 30% of Americans who go to church will not ever go back to church after the virus, I would have said, you're crazy. Guess what? Here we are. Here we are. We let a virus. Now, did people die? Absolutely. I'm not making light of COVID. But I'm telling you, the people of God have just backed up. Is this make, are are y'all with me? Come on. And this guy's going out where, this guy's going to a place he doesn't even know. See, what city? Let me, let me finish, guys. So good. By faith, living in a land, alien in the land of promise, in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. Look, verse 10. This is so good. For he was looking for the city which has foundations. Our foundations in America are being destroyed around us. He was looking for the city who had foundations, whose architect and builder was who? Who? He had his eyes, he didn't know it yet. We've got a fuller revelation that Abraham had. We now know that city's not here, that city is there. And we want a city whose architect and builder is God. We need to set our sights on heaven. Matter of fact, let me be real. Most of us are more worried about whether UT will play football than whether people will go back to church or lost people will go to hell. Come on. Because let me tell you, I hear a lot more people talk about UT football than I do talk about the kingdom of God. A lot more people talk about UT football than, or maybe you're another SEC fan because there's no other really conference. Come on. And so... Does this make sense? So which lens do you see through? Will you settle for less than God's best? Abraham went on a journey, not knowing where he was going, but he said this, I'm looking for a city whose architect and builder is God, not Canaan, not Babylonian. I don't want the world. I want heaven. There are only two final destinations, gang. It is heaven or hell. There's not three, there's not one, there's two. And what you do on this side of heaven determines where you will spend your forever. So let me ask some questions. Are you ready? Where's your focus? Here or there? Where's your storehouse? Are you a tither? Are you a generous giver? Because I want to lay up for myself, as Jesus said, treasures in heaven. Through whose eyes do you see? Because the only eyes that matter are God's eyes. Listen. I don't care what Hollywood says. I'm so underwhelmed at Hollywood. Listen, we want to tear down some signs and some tear down some statues. Let's tear down the Hollywood statue. Let's tear down the big Hollywood sign that promotes everything against God. Dude, come on, let's... We gotta open our eyes to, the, to the what's going on in the spirit. Are y'all with me? Let me give you some things as your pastor that I'm praying for you every day. I pray you see the sights of heaven. 
The apostle Paul said, I know a man whether in the body or vision, I do not know, but he ascended to the third heaven and there were things he saw that he could not write down. He said, these present sufferings are not to be compared to the glory that's laid up for those of us who suffer for our Lord. I pray the sights of heaven, man, listen, I don't care about the world's scoreboard, I care about God's scoreboard. Are y'all with me? I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I I pray for you the heart of God that you'll understand real holiness, that you'll walk in purity. I don't care what Hollywood or the Supreme Court or the Oval Office or the world says is right and wrong. God said it thousands of years ago and God hasn't changed his mind. So I'm praying for favor. I'm praying, as Paul said, you can have the mind of Christ. Why? So you'll see the cult of culture. So you'll see the warfare. So that you can rescue people that you love. So that you can walk holy in this present evil age. That you will not be stained by the world. But the precious blood of Jesus has washed you. And you will walk in favor. And you will walk in God's mind. And you will walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. Filled up, freshed up, visioned up, word up, armored up, locked up, locked in, loving. Come on, somebody, give Jesus some praise in the house. And that's what I'm praying. I'm 60. Can I tell you, I'm about to get fired up. Man, I miss my, I'm, I'm a rocket. And, and so what are you gonna do, pastor, if like 3,000 promisers don't come back? Which is a possibility. We're going to take those that are left and we're going to make it hard to go to hell. We're going to keep planting and moving, grooving. I'm going to hate it. But listen, God has always taken a remnant. He moves the movers and let the sitters sit. I'm going to move on for Jesus. Anybody going with me to the vision of God? So we recognize this pounding pressure of this current antichrist culture we recognize it comes in a million forms. Can I tell you the people that are mad about this series that I'm preaching because the culture says, shut up, Christians. The culture says your faith is private, not public, so never talk about Jesus. We can talk about every other form of wickedness and idolatry and perversion, but don't bring that Jesus stuff in the house. You've gotta see it spiritual. We gotta recognize what's going on all around us. Man, it happens. We began this series with how the culture is robbing us of our faith and filling us with fear. Pastor Zach followed on up about how the culture is robbing our peace, filling us with anxiety, robbing all of our joy. Psalm 1611, you will lead me in the path of light. In your presence is fullness of what? Joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Now the world will tell you, God doesn't know anything about pleasures. Only the world knows about pleasure. God is an old fuddy-duddy in an ancient book and he doesn't know anything about fun. Last time I checked, God invented sex. God invented laughter. God invented the family. God invented the mountains. God invented the seas. Everything good, God made it and it's wonderful. Woo! Tell me God doesn't know what's fun. He got the nation of Israel and gave them about a dozen parties a year last a week. (laughs) Barbecue here, barbecue there. Man, I love it. Can't you smell it? And God loves the smell of barbecue. (laughs) And it was a soothing aroma in the nostrils of God. I'm gonna fire up a grill sometime and get that offering. Are y'all with me? 
Man, it's incredible. So the choice is yours. God is sounding the alarm. Don't hit the snooze button anymore. Wake up, O sleeper, and the light of Christ will dawn on you. Now, some of us are still hitting the snooze button. I'm now not talking to Christ followers. I'm talking to you who've not yet made a faith decision to surrender your life to Jesus. You hear the gospel and you hit the snooze. Well, I'm gonna have more fun. And when I get old and can't have any fun, which by the way is another lie of Lucifer. I'm having the most fun of my life. Besides Micah, life is incredible. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love to preach. And so, but you hear the gospel and you hit the snooze button and say, well, later, I'm gonna go to college, I'm gonna party, I'm gonna do later, later. The Bible says, you fool. Do you not know that your life is acquired of you this day? Today is the day of salvation. Well, now is the acceptable time. This is what I want to challenge you. If you believe the culture, the culture that's anti-God, anti-Christ, you believe the lie. And if you're ready to step into life and step into life victorious, if you're ready to have your sins forgiven and be adopted by God, if you're ready to get a brand new starter and a brand new slate, if you're ready to walk under the power of heaven, if you want to walk this, this life of faith, this incredible adventure, then God says, heaven's open for business. So with every head bowed, every eye closed. Come on, campus pastors. Just as Pastor mentioned in this moment, as we just reflect, you have your head bowed and your eyes closed and You've been at this point so many times and then you, you step away, you walk away and um, today can be different. I remember being right where you are. When I was, I was just awakened to Jesus, to the greatest thing that ever happened to me and I want it so much for you, but you have to do it, but it's so simple. Romans 10, 13, he said, if you would just call on my name, then you'll be saved. And that means you get forgiveness. It means you get adopted to his family. It means that you experience incredible freedom, that you have a purpose and a calling and a passion for your life. And it doesn't mean that hard times won't come, but it means that you have someone to walk with you through them. And so if you've been at that place, if you're right there and you go, I need to take the step, then today's the day. And we're gonna pray with you. All you have to do is call upon his name. We're gonna give you a prayer to pray, but it's not the prayer, it's your, it's your, it's your heart. It's the attitude of who you are. And we say at Faith Promise, no one prays alone. And so right now we're gonna pray with you and you just say these words, say, great God, I know I've sinned and rejected you for the wicked world. I repent and turn to you. I accept your gift of salvation. Write my name in your book. By faith, I will follow you all my days. I'm all in. 